Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Colin earned his doctorate of physical medicine from Boston University, his master of physical therapy from the Medical College of Pennsylvania, and his master of science from the University of Oregon. He has been a guest associate professor for the Oregon Health and Science University Medical School, the university doctoral program in physical therapy, where he taught students about using exercise as medicine for a wide range of chronic diseases and injuries. Collins has practiced physical therapy for 20 years and with an emphasis on reducing falls and chronic disease in older adults. He created and hosted the fitness show on PBS, an exploratory documentary on the use of exercise for chronic problems. He has, he was the regional health expert for NBC for four years and has been a health writer for the Oregonian since 2010. Colin is a, a is the founder of CARE, which is Coalition for Active Resident Engagement and creator host of Choose Your Age podcast for senior living communities. Finally, Colin has been a spokesperson and competitive for drug-free building, winning collegiate Mr. Oregon and Ironman competitives since, and taking fourth of the nationals in uh, New York City. Welcome, Colin. Hey, how are you, Doc? Nice to I'm see you. Great. How are you today? Good. I'm warmer than you are. I understand it's really cold in Canada. Right well, now. it has been, but it's been up and down. You know, some days I think we've actually been warmer than you. We've been up to 50, 60 some days. So it's been like a yo-yo. I can't wow. believe. I the, Texas getting snow. What's that all about? Yeah, well, they also they get snow, but they don't have power. They've had millions of people without power and they're suffering. That's tragic because, you know, up here in the cold northern woods, we're ready for that. But down there they're not yeah you seem to have the infrastructure down whereas the u.s is severely lagging behind at this point well that's a good thing about being cold all the time we have to be prepared for everything <laughs> exactly so what's new and exciting in collins world today well it's really a focus on getting older adults up and moving you know my whole life i've been focused on really using exercise to treat many chronic illnesses of all age levels, right? From kids up to older adults. But but my focus now is really getting older adults, especially those that- well, are I noticed that with COVID, that's really been a challenge because, you know, I was locked in my house for about three months because my wife had COVID and all that sort of thing. So we had to go through various periods of isolation and uh, lockdown. So that really is a challenge. The thing I miss the most is swimming because that was something I used to do every day. We used to go to the, the Royal Glenora Club and that's been shut down for several months because of this third wave that's come in and so on. So that you can get private training, but you can't get to the pool, so to speak. I don't understand the rules, but it's tragic. It is. And what I think, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're over the age of, you know, 
50, 60, 70 or older, it's really important you understand that the more you sit and the less exercise you do, you dramatically increase your risk of getting COVID, but you also increase the risk of severe symptoms and severe condition, you know, severe events. Well, one of the things that happens, I understand, is osteoporosis sets in. And when your osteoporosis sets in, your bones break easier. So, you know, simple things you can do, like sitting in your chair, you can contract your muscles, you can do little things all day long that really makes a huge difference. You can, those are some simple things, but the most important thing, especially coming out of Mayo Clinic, new data there, is getting up at least every 30 minutes. And I'll bet you that recommendation is gonna go to, it's gonna keep going down to where the recommendation is to get up every 15 minutes, every 10 minutes, because the more you sit, we know that that correlates to almost the same risk as smoking a pack of cigarettes. Well, and we know that being on an airplane, the thing of getting a DVT is sitting too long. You know, yeah. you got to get out of that airplane seat when you're not in the takeoff or land down mode and actually move around the plane. That is a healthy thing to do. And I think that's the same thing when doing a podcast. I think people should necessarily get up every 20, 30 minutes and do it. Absolutely. Yeah, it starts with getting up. And then you can talk about exercise, but you got to commit to not sitting more than 30 minutes at a time. You've got to get up and you got to do it regularly. Otherwise, like you said, osteoporosis worsens, diabetes worsens, depression, anxiety, heart disease, diabetes long list of things, chronic pain. One of my friends friends owns an exercise studio and he found that he he was told that he had to go on medications and he said, medications, I'm walk just an hour a day. How does that help with getting people healthy, Colin? Just walking an hour a day? Yeah. It depends on the intensity. So we know that it, first of all, it, if you're just going out for a casual walk, that's great. Let me just say that that's considered physical activity, but that's not considered exercise per se, because for it to be considered exercise, you've got to exercise at an intensity that is therapeutic, that demands, you know, that it imposes a stress on the body to make it- That brings up your heart rate a bit. That makes you sweat a little bit. Isn't that what you're talking about? Yeah, if you if on a scale of zero to ten, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, the easiest way to know is on a scale of zero to ten. If I asked you, Doctor Laka, how hard do you feel like you're working right now, and, you, and you're going on your walk, and you say mm, it's maybe a two, which means mm, not much, right? Yeah. But I ask you ten minutes later, and you say, you know what? Now I feel like I'm at a five, five or a six, which means hard. You're working at it, right? Now it becomes exercise. Now you now you're you're basically administering, self-administering the most powerful medication in the world. Well, that's why I think I like swimming because swimming makes me sweat, me push. And that's one of the things I like to do and gets right up. And I know that after a minute, I feel like I exercised. And I think that's another thing people should look at. If they don't feel really tired after an exercise session, maybe they haven't pushed it hard enough. Yeah, but at the same time, right, we want to make sure that people aren't just jumping in. If you haven't been exercising at all, and then you jump in and you feel like, okay, I listen to this podcast and that kind of thing. So I need feel like I need to push it, but you haven't been exercising. Don't do that. Start slowly. Start it 
literally easy. Give yourself. I'm going to ask you a question that some people sometimes are a little confused about. Should you stretch before you exercise? I mean, some experts say yes. Some people say no. Well, it depends on the exercise, but we know that stretching is the component of fitness, right? So if you're going to do walking, uh, swimming, for example, swimming is a pretty demanding uh, activity for your joints, especially the shoulders, right? So you need to stretch your shoulders beforehand, but here's the catch. You don't want to stretch cold muscles with your, your muscles, the tendons, ligaments, they're very sensitive to temperature. So before you stretch, you got to warm up to some degree, right? So just doing a basic walk ahead of time, doing that kind of thing where you're warming up your joints, your muscles before you stretch. Yeah, that that's a good idea, but stretching can reduce pain, it can improve your range of motion and make it so your exercise is less painful, especially if you're arthritic uh, through the knees, through the shoulders and through the back. And that's one of the limiting factors, isn't it, Colin, that our body starts to react after a while. We get aches and pains and arthritis and that, that prevents us from doing some of the things that we usually used to do. Right, and if you don't stretch, then your range of motion will go down. And people say, well, duh, yeah, but, well, the thing is, is that that will make your arthritis worse because yeah. let's say you have a range of motion of hundred, just for simplicity, right? Range of motion of hundred at your shoulder. But then let's say in 10 years, you only have 50. Well, pressure equals force over area, right? So if you have less area with the same amount of force, pressure goes up. So the force on the cartilage goes way up. So it's really important that you at least maintain the range of motion that you have. Now you're going to lose a little bit because we lose water content as we age, right? But if you don't stretch, you're going to reduce that available range of motion and put more pressure on your joints, the cartilage, the bones, everything. So stretching, you should act with exercise. It really should be treated like brushing your teeth. If you don't want to lose your teeth, you, you know, you brush them. If you don't want to lose range of motion, you got to stretch them and you should do it every day. Make time for it. So where should people go for good information on how to exercise properly and things like that? I know you as a physiotherapy knows that, but there's a lot of con there's a lot of misinformation or bad information out there that doesn't help people either. Yeah. I think that the one that you should, that I recommend relying on, there are two sources, basically the American college of sports medicine, which is, a physician-governed organization. They're very fussy about the research. They're very fussy about the messages that they put out, they're evidence-based. And if you need more of a visual, you can go to action30.com. And at action30.com, those are videos that I've created from that data so to make it really easy for you to see and understand, well, what, what should I do? How do I stretch my back? How do I stretch my my knees, how do I strengthen? How do I do these exercises that you're talking about? And there are over 30 videos on there. They're short, it's completely free. It's through a nonprofit, you can use it. Again, it's action30.com, but that's from, uh, that is from the data so you can actually see. That's cool. Uh, how, yeah. What, what drives you, Colin? What gets you up in the morning and makes you become the person that you are? What drives you to put this information out there? The underdog. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people who desperately need this basic information that if only they had this information, if only they, they knew what to do, right? They have the motivation. They want to get better. They're tired of feeling 
badly about themselves or just life in general. If only they had a basic motivational tool and then the access to that information. That's what drives me because it's not about making money for me. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about how do I make it so that people who don't have the resources, who do, but they have the motivation, those are the people that need help. And I feel like when you go to, the, when you go to a doctor and you have back pain, for example, you have knee pain, a lot of times, well, it's just rest and take this muscle relaxer, or take this pill, right? That's not fixing the problem. The problem is you're not doing enough to mitigate those symptoms. You have these symptoms because you're not exercising, because your diet is not good. And I think part of the problem is the medical model. I mean, a medical model deals with disease. That's all we do as doctors exactly. is deal with disease. But really, we want to deal with health. We want to make people healthier. And the irony is it's health care. Yeah. It is health care, meaning it's on us to take care of ourselves. And if you have a problem, get an honest opinion from a doctor who's up on the research. Yeah. And if and you I, act think, I think people have to take 100% responsibility for themselves. I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if you have diabetes. I don't care if you're overweight. You have to take responsibility for yourself because if you don't do that, you're not going to get healthier. Yeah, and I think it can be viewed as almost a callous message to say, you are responsible for your own health, but the painful reality is that is the truth. But here's the thing. You just said it yourself. Where do people go to learn how to take care of themselves? What's the resource? I mean, and I gave you one, but I've been in this industry for almost 30 years. And I'm telling you that I had to take it upon myself to look at the data, go to school, learn about it myself, and then put it out there because Physicians are struggling with, well, where do I send patients? I realize that exercise is the most powerful medication we have available, but how, how do you do it? What are you supposed to do? If I have chronic pain with diabetes, which is a really common combination, well, yeah, okay, you're telling me to exercise, but I don't want to because I have pain. How am I supposed to exercise when I'm in pain? And the answer to that is you have to do it carefully. There is a program for you that will reduce your pain. We'll make it so that you can have more of a quality of life and that kind of thing. But where the heck are you supposed to start? And if you're diabetic, Colin, you know, if you exercise more, you require less insulin. You require, you can eat more of the good stuff that you like to eat. So that's an important part of it too, is exercise is a fundamental part of what we should do every day. Just like Absolutely. brushing your teeth. Yeah, you brush your teeth, you take a shower. Well, I hope you do, but right? We do these basic things because we don't want to, we don't want to suffer. It's clear what the outcome is if we don't do those things. But everybody has a different view of what exercise is, right? Some people are scarred from school, from these PE classes, where they have a gym teacher yelling and screaming at them or punishing them for not doing things, you know, using exercise as a punishment tool, as a disciplinary tool. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Exercise is a treat. It's the one thing that we can do during the day that is just for us. And, you know, one, one of the thing. things that's happened with COVID is physical education classes have been canceled all across the world. Oh. Uh, that's travesty. Yeah, it's like, you know what that's like? It's like, you know, people that have been wandering through the desert and they don't have anything to drink. And now the answer to that is don't give them water. Yeah. You know, they're dying and they need that. Now, I understand with that, but it can be done safely, right? Masks, distancing, outdoors, 
being creative that way. If you're creative and you you have a brain, you can come up with solutions, but the answer is not sitting more. And I think the elderly have been more affected than anybody because, you know, the first thing that's happened is they're not allowed visitors in their old age homes. The second thing they're not allowed is to get out and do things. So I think the elderly have been affected by this COVID crisis more than anybody else. More than anyone else. And, it's, and minority populations, uh, people of color, disproportionately affected by this outbreak because of resources, lack of resources and access, right? So I think if we can start to develop a culture, like you said, the problem is the medical model, but it's also the model within senior living communities that they literally overdo the, the idea that, well, we need to completely isolate them. We got to protect, so we got to just stop everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and but you can keep going using your brain, being creative with distancing and masking and all of those things. And the irony is that, well, we need to prevent people getting COVID. So we're locking them down in the rooms, not doing anything, right? Maybe they can do Zoom with people and do social, but you're killing them at a more rapid rate. You're killing the, them mentally. That's the thing that dies first is the brain because they're not allowed to do things. And physically. So if you have Alzheimer's, it will make this worse. If you have a fall problem, this will make it worse. So if you have diabetes, osteoarthritis, all these symptoms, all these conditions, it will make this worse. So the simple thing is get out there and do it, but do it well and do it with knowledge and do it from a perspective that's going to be good rather than bad. And it's up to the senior living communities to take that seriously and to make sure that they are being cognizant of the devastation that they're inadvertently causing with these lockdowns. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that, that this is a simple solution, but you can do both if you're creative, if you use resources that are, are creative to get people so that they can stay active. They need to stay active. There's no, there's no two ways about it. And if you don't, see now we're coming out of the pandemic later on this year, most likely, hopefully, you know, well, and, hopefully, yes. Well, but now you're going to see more falls, depression, anxiety through the roof, right? All chronic pain, diabetes, everything has gotten worse. So all these things that we put in the closet for the last year are now yeah. have to get to the forefront. So Colin, we're getting close to our end there. How can people get in touch with you if they need to? Uh, you can email me, go to, you know, just email me, Colin, C-O-L-I-N at S3balance.com. Or what I really suggest you do is you can go to residencematter.org, which is my care site. That's residencematter.org. And that has an, a free two-part class on how to use exercise as treatment for chronic disease, as well as COVID. So how to prevent it, how to mitigate its, the risk, and also if, you know, what it can do if you get COVID. And go to Action 30. That's important too. Get some of those exercises going. Yeah, the videos I think are, can be very helpful. I would okay, hope. thank you, Colin. Thank you for getting. Have a fantastic day. Thank you too. Thanks, Doc. Bye now. Bye-bye. I'm Dr. Ellen Laika. Make sure you go to drellenlaika.com. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N. Lyca, L-Y-C-K-A dot com, and get a free copy of my book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And subscribe to our podcast on this page so you won't miss a single episode. 
every week we have exciting guests to help you have the best life you can.